Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena, and I am excited that you are joining me today. Today is a special airing on Marvel's Black Panther. All Black Panther, all day. No friend host this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Black Panther is here! So obviously I kind of pushed up my podcast recording this um, this time around just so I can make this very special uh, episode specifically for Black Panther. Basically, this entire episode, I want to talk just about the film. So please get ready, get yourselves ready, my fellow Wakandans. If you haven't seen the movie yet, go ahead and click off of this episode and come back once you've saw it. I don't want to spoil a single scene for you guys. So go ahead and click off now okay my heart is so full the beauty of every scene seeing the royals the women warriors the technologically advanced nation of wakanda i can just move there can this be real can we make Wakanda happen? Is it possible? I mean, seriously. First of all, the cast was absolutely phenomenal. Chadwick Boseman gives us the perfect king T'Challa. Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia is just absolutely breathtaking. What a wonderful spy. Letitia Harris as Shuri, just wow. Danae Greera as Okoye. Seriously, I was about ready to just go ahead and join the Dora Milaje. Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Oh my God, he took that character to a level I really was not expecting and just drew me in and I was basically rooting for him in a sense. <laughs> the entire Dormelage though, seriously. I really want to become an honorary member. Honestly, I've decided to go ahead and renounce my U.S. citizenship and just become citizen of the nation of Wakanda. Can I do that? <laughs> this movie is so very important. I couldn't make it Thursday night. 
opening night to see it because I knew I'd be traveling. So I had pre-purchased tickets in advance, but I went to go, I went to see, to see it uh, Friday night with my family and black people were just deep in the theater all over the place. It was such a beautiful joy to see the people, the fashion, the love. Can we talk about how the fact that so many of us showed up in African attire, my family actually, uh, we all came dressed in African attire um, with paying homage to the Ghanaian culture and the Nigerian cultures and just different um, African people in beautiful clothes and colors and oh, just amazing, seriously. At the love though in the theater was just phenomenal. It was a lot of it was a very diverse crowd in my theater showing, and it was just really great to see that. But we finally got to see ourselves fully imagined as a powerful nation in a superhero film. Now, if you don't follow Marvel comics or you're unfamiliar, the Black Panther character was developed by Stanley in the 1960s. The character was written as a character they wanted to represent kind of um, the revolutionary period that was happening in America during the time of the 60s. Uh, that's how Stan Lee had developed Black Panther. It came out and almost as like an homage to the Black Panther Party who were revolutionary in what they were doing and their thoughts and ideas. So we get the Kingdom of Wakanda, which is an uncolonized African nation, the only nation in Africa that had not been affected by uh, any rule of any other people, anyone coming to plunder their resources that they had. Um, Wakanda has a special metal, vibranium, that is unique to their land, and they have used that technology of the vibranium to become a more advanced society and literally are at least a hundred years ahead of every other nation on the planet. They have figured out a way to encapsulate their, na their nation so that they cannot have an issue with uh, foreigners coming in and trying to take away what is theirs and overpower them. They understood the power of what they had in the vibranium and what it could possibly do. Now, you may think, okay, I've heard about this vibranium somewhere before. Captain America's shield is actually made of the vibranium metal from um, Wakanda. And there's a lot of, uh, of course, links there between the comics. If you follow any of the comic universes, DC or Marvel, you recognize that oftentimes the different character stories overlap and they they meet up somewhere in Black Panther um, storyline overlaps with Captain America as Avengers. So that's kind of just something to throw out there. But the movie did an amazing job. Ryan Coogler did a really good job with this film. Like... Seriously, from the moment the movie started, it brings us into Oakland, California in 1992 and the picture of Huey P. Newton on a wall next to the Public Enemy poster. And you just automatically taken back to this time period of where there was a, a yearning in the African-American community for a connection to after their African ancestry because they recognized at that point that they were being othered in their own land. At that time was the time of 
uh, lots of protests and people being killed by police officers and just a lot of issues within the black community that was plaguing the people. And so to see those posters being posted up there, the of course, he, Huey P. Newton is one of the members of the Black Panther Party and uh, and a child of Oakland, as well as public enemies, just really, really cool to start that scene off there and to start it off with us meeting um, meeting T'Chaka, uh, who is the father of T'Challa, the, who will become king and Black Panther for Wakanda, as well as to meet his brother. Uh, it was just an amazing scene. That's when we first get to see the uh, the women of Dora Milaje, the warrior guardians of the Wakandan kingdom, and just all their glory that they have. What I loved about this film is that it took very real experiences of people who live in the African diaspora those of us here in America and in South America who are all descendants from those Africans who were enslaved, I, we kind of could see ourselves in Eric Killmonger. And you'll learn more about Eric Killmonger once you actually see the movie. I don't want to talk too much about it, but um, I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But Eric Killmonger had really embodied what it meant for those of us who feel like we are orphans. Uh, we are a people without a root, a people without a home. We are in a nation that is not our own and seems as if we are not welcome in the nations that are ours, that we are connected to. Um, with his dad being Wakandan and him also being born as a child of Wakanda, even though he had never been to Wakanda, and trying to seek out uh, that land and utilize what that land had to help liberate other people uh, who look like us, but are experiencing the world in a more treacherous way than those of the Wakandans are, are experiencing. His character, who was supposed to be a villain, felt more so like he was probably the most relatable character in the film because he really embodied the feelings that some of us have, that feeling of being rootless, um, not really having something to connect back to because that's all been stripped from you. The people here, the Black people here, the Africans here in America, we often, we feel as if we are two separate things, yet neither of those things. So we are African-American as we are born here in this country, and we have African ancestry. However, we have no roots in Africa in that we don't know where we come from in Africa, and our families are generations removed from Africa. We are citizens of this country, born of this country, America, yet we feel as if we are not welcome in this country sometimes. And you feel that pain in Killmonger's character. And you understand why he is who he is and his thoughts around why he needs to do the things that he does, his 
feeling of having to get to that point where he is actually in Wakanda and taking over that kingdom and utilizing what they have to affect change for Africans throughout the world. It's a very, very powerful imagery. This movie is very layered. Black Panther is extremely layered. Um, I honestly just like, ugh, I'm trying to like gather my thoughts as I, I talk and do this podcast because there's so many things I can tackle in this that's in this film. Um, one of the things that I found cool though is talking about Killmonger is how truthful he was about how he felt. He did not hold it back. You know, in his first scene where we meet him, uh, he talks to the to the art curator at the art museum about or at the history museum about a certain piece that is featured in the museum, and he asks her about it, and she begins to talk about it. He basically tells her she's wrong about who she thinks that um, this particular uh, axe came from, uh, this weapon came from. She didn't know what he knew. And so he told her where it actually came from and basically called her a colonizer. <laughs> it's, and throughout the movie, you hear the people of the, the Wakandan people refer to white people as colonizers. And it's an interesting thing because when it's said in the movie, the first time you hear like a chuckle from people. And Shuri had said it in one of her scenes when the CIA agent is in her lab and uh, she said don't scare me like that colonizer it was in that moment where you were like you laugh because it's you know wow this is you know a lighter moment in the film but yet it's not it's so much deeper because you we don't usually think about it in those, those terms we know that Africa was colonized we know that lots of nations were colonized uh, by Europeans throughout history and it really is one of the reasons why they are where they are now, why they are in such uh, dire straits in some countries, why they have um, some uh, destructive regimes over them because of colonization. But to see that said, to hear it said, to see it in imagery before you in a, in a Disney movie, it's just like, wow. And it, it enlightens you a bit because it allows you to begin to see what happened in history things and the little things in history the big things in history that we probably didn't pay very much attention to and how that effect has reverberated over the years and how it is now the reason why um so many people are the way are are in the lives that they are living because of what was pushed on them through colonization very powerful and Killmonger really was probably the one in the film who really just threaded that needle so well to draw us into that and to make us believe and understand you know wow this is the reason why the world the reason why African nations is, are the way that they are and where they are some of that goes back to colonization and and that's why Wakanda was very adamant about protecting themselves from being um, open to people coming in and possibly colonizing them and taking what they had. From a historical standpoint, we know that Africa, the nations of Africa, 
were colonized by many European nations over the last about two to three hundred years. And that colonization resulted in the rape of their lands, the destructions of their government systems, the, the, the destructions of their ways of life, their customs um, being influenced and changed. Uh, just a complete annihilation of where they could have become, um, where they could have gone. Uh, what, we look at Wakanda and we say, could that have been what could have could have been? <laughs> could that be what could have been if there had been no colonization, no uh, slavery, no lives being taken from the African continent to other nations? Is that what we could have had? Something like that. Now, I'm not talking about at the level of technology that we see in Wakanda, but is that something we could have saw? You saw different tribes together in Wakanda. It wasn't just one group of people. It wasn't one tribe. There were multiple tribes. And they all coexisted together in understanding that together they were a greater force than they were separated because when they become separated is when they have found themselves hurting and killing one another and they saw themselves at their weakest point. And when they all realized that, they stepped back and said, this is not who we are. We have to think bigger than ourselves and our own pains and feelings and say, it is Wakanda forever. And I think that is where we could have been as an African continent. If we have not been colonized, if we had not been uh, removed and sold off into slavery in the Americas, if we all could have just continued to grow and thrive as nations, what could we have been? And I know that that is probably something that is how a lot of people feel as they are watching this movie. Uh, maybe people also who, who have actually read the comics of Black Panther may see it and think about, is this what could have been? You know, um, this, this film definitely takes your mind there as a Black person, as an African in America. It takes your mind there. I'm sure it takes the minds of people there all across the African diaspora. You know, is this what we could have been? It's very powerful. It really is. You see also in Black Panther, in the fictional city, the fictional nation of Wakanda, you also see how women are treated and how they are seen as equals. And it's as if there are no genders in a sense. You know, you don't, it's, you don't see that gendering of uh, roles in Wakanda. People exist as they are and they are respected for who they are. Their thoughts and ideas are equal. And I thought that was very fascinating because here it Again, in America, we struggle with the idea of having a woman president. Um, we struggle. There was a great struggle with the idea of women serving in the military. Yet you see that in Wakanda, you see not only do you see women serving, women are the generals. They are the people who are protecting the nation. But you also see them sitting in the council and equal to men and really being the, the closest consultants to the king and giving him advice and ideas. The person, the people he actually came to were women um, on what he should do and how to handle things and who he rolled with were women. <laughs> so it, I just think it really 
broke down that gendered idea of what roles are um, in a nation when it comes to a male role and a female role. You don't see it here. You just see people. You see individuals working together to ensure that a nation thrives. And I think that's very important. It's not something that we're, not, we're used to seeing because we do have Western ideas and thoughts that have been implanted in us that tells us that that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, women are not usually the ones who are counsels to the highest powers in the country. They are usually not the people who are serving in military and in, as generals and whatnot. You usually don't see that. Uh, it wasn't again until recently that we began to have these thoughts and ideas here in America. But if you go back into African history, you see women in most powerful roles all throughout African history in different nations. So not just in this fictional nation of Wakanda, but we see this happen in Egypt with Hatshepsut as Pharaoh. We've seen it happen in the kingdom of Kush. We've seen, like, it's just, uh, I believe that her, the queen's name was Amarina or something like that. I can't really pronounce it, but there are, are over and over and over again, we see it with the women who were termed the Amazon warriors of um, an of African nation who were basically what the Dora Milaje was based on. I mean, we have seen it over and over and over again. These things have manifested in African history and African nations. They have always seen women as equals to the men in the sense that you are just a person like I am a person. And you have strategy just like I have strategy. And you could be a general just like I can be a general. And you can be bad in war like I can be bad in war. And so we can together go forward and be a great nation. They understood that without gendering people and saying, well, women are weaker. Uh, women need to be home and taking care of children and all this other stuff. That's more uh, idea of European thoughts um, instead of actually African thoughts. So I think that's very cool that they had that kind of just stitched in there quite well in the fabric of Black Panther. Another thing, uh, talking about the fabric, that I want to talk about is really the the homage it plays to the different groups of people in the African continent. Um, many different tribes were basically paid homage to in this movie. So we had them speak in two different languages. Um, a language that is specific to South Africa was one. Uh, we see them in Ghanaian dress. We see them paying pay tribute to the Sotho tribes. Uh, just so many different groups of African tribes and people who whose uh, heritage and their cultures really influenced the movie. It was absolutely astonishing to see, really, because you know you don't usually see things like that. We we just don't. We don't usually see uh, these African tribes and their cultures being put on the main stage in the way that it was put on the main stage in this movie. And how um, just how well um, it was done, it was done with a lot of respect, how well that the the costume designer did with honoring these different groups without poking fun or making them seem primitive or anything like that, but really just giving them the respect they need and just nicely just planting inside of the movies, um, inside this movie, their cultures. Ruth Carter, who was the costume designer 
for Black Panther did an amazing job. And honestly, Ruth needs to get an Oscar. She needs an Oscar for what she did in Black Panther. But she definitely paid homage to uh, so many different cultures inside of Africa. And I think it was really, really cool that she was able to do that. And uh, everyone can experience what these different cultures uh, are about. Because, hey, it's pretty cool for us to really uh, pay respect to those who are um, who have these cultures and are are living them uh, outright, and so yeah, it was very cool. So we had the Mersai people and their uh, and Sarma people lip plates that we saw with the gentleman who was at the council with his lip plate in his uh, mouth. Uh, the Zulu headdress that Queen Ramonda wears was you know something from the Zulu tribes. We saw the Maasai people of East Africa, um, whose costumes are, you know, that the reddish colors and very futuristic and feel. We saw them get honored inside of this movie. Uh, again, the Sotho blankets, the Basotho blankets that's worn um, by Wakabi and others, just those blankets around their neck, plan, paying a tribute to the Lesotho people and the Sesotho people, uh, the Indebile Nick rings that we see with Shuri wearing at the Dormelage, those prominent collars, just like those neck rings that we see those people wear. Of course, uh, we have the woman who had the reddish toned skin and the red uh, locks that was covered in the clay. And that's really from the Himba people of the Northwestern Namibia area, where they have that red ochre paste that they wear known as, I believe it's Oteji. Uh, they put it on their skin and their hair. So, so many different groups. We see the long robes with the slits uh, that's worn by Forrest Whitaker's character, uh, Zuri. That flat robe known as a, a, a bada. So Agbada. So there are very cool things in here in the film. And you see so many groups represented the Dogon people. Just insane how well Ruth Carter did when it came to um, honoring the different groups of people and tribes in Africa and through what they wear and what their cultures are. So I think that was very cool. I wanted to highlight that. Um, and, you know, Overall, this film is really, really great. I think it did a great job with the storytelling, with the action. Okoye was freaking insane. As Adora Milaje General, she was like crazy, powerful warrior. Like everybody, every woman probably wants to grow up and be her. I do. She was very cool. Uh, you know, Nakia as like this wonderful spy. She did a great job. Uh, really just bringing you into the character, Lupita, just did a phenomenal with Nakia. Uh, Shuri, the smartest girl in the world, smartest person in the Marvel world, Marvel universe, just wow. You know, that's very cool. And I believe technically, since Disney owns Marvel Comic Universe, she should be a Disney princess, which I mean, if she is, if they go ahead and just make her Disney princess, she's my favorite princess. <laughs> she's like, ridiculous you know very very brilliant very smart funny just wow the girl was her the stuff that she made was just insane very very cool uh t'challa the black panther very very just 
very great character. Um, Chadwick Boseman did a great job playing him. Uh, Killmonger, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, again, just really brought you into another place and made you really think about a lot of things when it comes to colonization and the African experience in the diaspora, uh, how Black people live and exist and how we feel, and you know, just really playing how we are uh, almost like orphans um, of a land. And it, I think it's really cool what they did with Killmonger's character. This this movie was layered, very much so layered. I can go on and on about all the different things that's inside of it, but I didn't really want this to be a long episode. I just kind of wanted to be like, hey, let's talk about Black Panther. So that's what I'm going to make it to. It was a great movie and I saw it once Friday night. I'm definitely going to go see it again. Uh, and I know when I go see it again, I'm probably going to have more feelings and more thoughts. And I have really consumed a lot of um, articles about it in the last couple of days. And I also have just been digesting it myself from what I watched and what I felt. And it's just been, a, it's been phenomenal. This movie is on track. It's already making over $300 million uh, worldwide. It's uh, getting close at $200 million mark here in the U.S. It's just doing phenomenally. And I'm so very proud of Ryan Coogler and what he did and the whole cast and team that was behind Black Panther. Very, very great job in doing this movie. How you wrote the characters, how you wrote the storylines. It's just, it's literally out of this world and was something that... I believe it's more of an experience and of movement more than just a movie. I, I hope it inspires more of us to kind of tap into our African roots, learn more about ourselves, more learn more about our lineage, learn more about the people of Africa, connect ourselves back to it, embrace the fashions of Africa, support African businesses, support Black businesses altogether, really. Just support and just you know, be okay with the fullness of who you are because you are also African. We may be African-Americans, people born of the continent of North America and born in the country, the United States of America, but we are of African descent and our ancestors were brought here against their will. And so it's not like we have came here and renounced everything. It wasn't done by choice. So I believe we have every right to connect back. And I pray that the people of the African continent can open up their arms to accept us too, because we are also a part of that continent. We also hail from it. And uh, just like they were victims of colonization, we are victims of slavery. And so we all have a common thread that, we, that links us together. And I just pray that we have that opportunity to connect because together, together as a people, we can do some amazing things and we can lift up all of our communities and our nations and literally lift up the world because that's how much power we have. That's how great we are. African-Americans is literally the most influential group, group of people in the world culturally. And so to take that and just transcend across in areas of influence and power and just utilizing all that we have together collectively as a diaspora, we can do some super awesome 
things. So I'm very excited about Black Panther the movie. Please go see it if you have not seen it. I hope you saw it before you listen to this episode because I did have a few things in there that I talked about. I try not to talk too much about the actual scenes in the film because I don't want to ruin it for those who are hard-headed listen anyway. But I'll probably talk about it more on the next episode. I just really want to do this quick episode and talk about uh, what I experienced in the show and how I feel about it. Um, again, make sure you check it out. Um, thanks for listening. It's been very a great episode, a very special episode uh, with just a quick chat about the movie Black Panther. See it now. It's in theaters all across the country and in most countries across the world. Make sure you see it. Support Ryan Coogler. Support the cast. Support Black people um, in film and leading films. And let's let Hollywood know that we have the power to bring the people to the box office too. Thanks for listening. It's been great. And always remember, the best life is beautifully complicated. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.